0: Welcome to Hubstaff's Agency Advantage Podcast, hosted by Andy Baldacci. Each week, Andy interviews a successful agency owner who shares their proven strategies to help you build and grow your agency.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 60 of Hubstaff's Agency Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Baldacci, and today I'm talking with Jake Jorgevin of Outbound Creative, who shares how to build the agency of your dreams. I had Jake on the podcast almost a year ago, and at that point, he was focused primarily on using eye-catching outreach like messages in a bottle, hollowed-up books, things like that to help his clients close deals, and he was also ramping up his team at that time. Since then, Jake has taken stock of what he actually wants to get out of his agency, scaled down his team, and refocused his offering. Today, Outbound Creative helps consulting clients win their dream clients through personalized outreach campaigns, and what used to be a team of 12 is now just a team of two. In this interview, Jake shares how to decide what your real goals for your agency are, the system to help you achieve it, and how he is implementing it himself. If you've been focused on growth at all costs without taking the time to figure out what you really want, or you're just looking for a system to help manage your growth, then this is the episode for you. So without further ado, here's Jake.
0: Jake, thanks so much for calling on the show today. Thanks for having me on here, Andy.
1: Yeah, so you were here almost a year ago when Outbound Creative, your agency, was focused primarily on eye-catching outreach campaigns. You had a full-time employee in the States that handled all the packaging, delivery, that sort of stuff. And you were talking about hiring a few people to help scale up the agency. And also a new project you were working on called Prospect Scout. But talking to you since then, I know you've adjusted your priorities a bit. So why don't we just start by sharing with listeners how and why you've reshaped Outbound Creative since they last heard from you?
0: Yeah, so... This is something that I've, I've learned, I think, twice now in my career, is that uh, the, there's the, a lot of people get hooked on the book Built to Sell, the whole idea of scaling up their agency into something bigger, making it run without them, and uh, I've tried this twice now in my life, and every time I try this, I just hate it, and uh, <laughs> I've come to realize that you know, that is one method of taking your agency, one way you can grow with it. But for me, what I really enjoy is being a consultant. I really enjoy doing the creative work and helping people. And so instead of growing by scaling and removing myself from the business, I've made the decision to basically grow by scaling up the types of clients I work with, scaling up the capacities in which I work with clients at different tiers of engagement, and really kind of make Alpon Creative more of my consultancy that focuses on helping other agencies and consultants get more business um, as opposed to trying to scale it into something bigger.
1: Interesting. So today, what does Outbound Creative look like? Is it just you? Do you have VAs or, or how is it structured today?
0: Yeah. So at one point last year, I had probably eight people that were on my standup calls. Uh, they were very, various to sure. I have one full-time employee. and I had a bunch of contractors and I've basically phased out everyone down to where I have my full-time employee who basically helps me with everything, and then I have really just about a few contractors for random services here and there, but I've phased almost everybody else out. And so while last year I was taking on you know, 12 clients at a time and we had all these different people involved and in trying to help them, it's really now been more focused on um, working with a small number of higher-paying clients and doing you know really – getting deep with them, um, helping them with the active outreach and just helping them win new clients, doing everything we can there. So going a lot deeper with fewer clients um, at a much higher price point. And then we're also uh, entering in some coaching and some other kind of uh, services that are less hands-on, but I can still bring my consulting and expertise to other businesses.
1: Mm-hmm. So you are you yourself more hands-on with this than you were, say, at the beginning of 2016?
0: Um, I would say I am still just as hands-on. There was, uh, as the business scaled up last year, uh, I was less hands-on for a point of it. And it just started to get out of my control. And it just, the results started to wane for some of my clients not produce as well because I wasn't, I I wasn't able, I just, I'm not the built-to-sell kind of person. I'm not the, there's some people that see everything as a systems mindset. And they can look at that and optimize and tweak and focus. Um, But for me, what I've really found is, yeah, it's whenever I'm engaged one-on-one with a client, helping them, talking through their situation, figuring out how to get them more business, uh, that's where I'm able to really generate more results. So, yeah, it's a lot more of just me now versus trying to sell the process.
1: Yeah, because it seems like there's there's a couple way of looking at the agency. It's that when you were saying when you when you scaled out and maybe quality wasn't as high, things were falling through the cracks, or fire will pop up here or there. There's one way of looking at it from the systems mindset, it's like all right, I need to go in, build processes, build up systems to prevent this from happening again, to improve our quality, to improve our standards, all of that. And then there's the other mindset, which it seems like you're coming from, where you can just look at it and say, when I'm doing this myself. I'm less stressed and we don't have these issues. Why don't I just do most of this myself?
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, and some people will like, there's so much of like a stigma against that of saying, okay, why can't, there's so much of a stigma against saying like, I'm just going to be a really highly paid consultant, or I'm going to just, you know, work with a small number of high value clients. There's so much, everyone's saying like grow, 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 or like more. Um, But one of the things I, I interviewed Aaron Ross of predictable revenue on my podcast and it was just incredible because he makes over a million dollars a year in personal income. And when I asked him how he got to that, it it wasn't from scaling up his companies to the point where all of it's running without him. He does have some lower tiered offering where he does train some people, but a majority of where it comes from is from him doing bigger and bigger consulting engagements with bigger clients over time, getting more value from those and more re- like income from those. And so just seeing his model of how he was able to, you know, grow his lifestyle, grow his income. And he does this all with I think eleven kids and working thirty hours a week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I watch I listened to that interview you did with him and I was just blown away. i was like, I can't imagine how he's made this work, but he has. And like, it's clear for him at least that it almost like he started with the constraints. Like, okay, I'm only going to spend 30 to 40 hours a week on work and that's it. I'm going to keep adopting kids. I'm going to keep growing my family. That's going to increase my expenses. I'm going to have to provide for this and that. So this is a problem set. Let me figure out how to make more money within this time period. And he's kind of solved that problem.
0: Yeah. And it's just interesting that the way he did it wasn't by, necessarily systematizing and growing and taking on tons and tons of clients, that interview and everything was just like an inspiration for me in a lot of ways to realize, yeah, I should just stick back and kind of own this and just do what I'm great at, which is helping businesses get more clients.
1: And I think that last sentence that you just said, helping businesses get more clients, is ties into this next question because the other thing I wanted to ask about was it seemed like to me as an outsider at the beginning of the year, You were focused at Outbound Creative almost exclusively on eye-catching Outbound. Even if you offered other services, the website was all structured around that. But if I look at your site today and if I look at what you're actually offering your clients now, that just seems to be one component. Can you talk to how you shifted focus away from just that one offering to now a wider offering today?
0: Yeah, so one of the, the biggest things I learned early on is when I started Outbound Creative, um, and as we talked about in the last interview at the time, I was focused on using really eye-catching physical mailers to win large accounts. So I was doing things like hollowing out vintage books and putting messages in there and mailing it to people, or the sending a message in a bottle, or I even sent Donald Trump piñatas at one point in time, and <laughs> um, you know, lots of fun stuff like that. But the the thing that I learned, we that was actually probably spent, I would say six to eight months with that was still the primary focus. But what I eventually learned is that that is one tactic for winning new business. That is like one way to get new clients. And ultimately, that's not always the best way or the most cost effective way for some people to get clients. Uh, and what I realized was that People were coming to me not because just they wanted cool physical mailers, which we, were, we can do, but they were coming to me because they wanted more clients. They wanted the end result. And so when I started to realize that, I basically started to kind of realize that that was the core pain point that all these agencies, all these consultants had was how do we get more clients? And so I started to shift toward less of these you know physical packages, these eye-catching outreach, and I started to just start with the client and say, okay what are you trying to achieve? You know, what's your goals for your business and figure out what their objectives are, what they're trying to do. And then I would look at the whole gamut of tactics. Like what is everything that they could be using? Like, should they be podcasting? Should they be blogging? Should they be doing cold emails? Should they be trying to get speaking engagements? Um, You know, all of these different tactics, like there's tons of them. And then I would start to say, okay. This is what's right for you. Like, this is the tactics that make the most sense. It's the lowest time, lowest cost investment that's going to produce you the highest results as quickly as possible. And so that's kind of been the big shift this year. Um, And again, as it started to move back toward me as a consultant, that's how I'm working with a lot of my clients is not to just, you know, say, here, use this tactic. It's to say, okay, what are you trying to achieve? let's look at all the tactics that are available to you and figure out what's the best fit what's going to give you the best return on investment it's a much more consultative approach yeah much more much more consultative and again it's just what i found is that so many of the agencies that i come in contact with they are starting from the tactics you know they read some blog post somewhere or listen to an online course or a podcast about something that worked and they get really excited about it and they just jump into it without really thinking about, is this the right fit for me? And typically what that leads to is either using a tactic that's not a right fit for them or starting a bunch of tactics never finishing them because they just kind of did it on a whim of inspiration from some piece of content they consumed somewhere. And so, yeah, trying very much to... Get more strategic with my clients on the front end, and then actually um, help those clients implement that ongoing um, and ongoing capacity as well
1: i I mean I'm on board with everything you're saying if you're selling on features if you're selling on tactics, one that's not what they care about, and two price wise you're almost tr- commoditizing what you do and not focusing on the value which is getting more clients, but at the same time. Do you find it harder to now stand out? It seems like you're now competing with a lot of other agencies out there that help other agencies get more clients. Whereas before, it was like you were in your own little niche. You were the guy to go to for the eye-catching outbound. And now, how are you standing out from the crowd?
0: I think people say, um, like, find your niche. In some ways, I think that's almost like a little... Like overemphasized in some ways. I think it's good, um, and like when I had the eye-catching outreach thing, it was a niche. But if you look at the goal here, like the goal is not to like I'm not trying to be the top leader of some category that I create and build some big business in that. I'm trying to accomplish the goals that I have, which for, you know for this year is to generate over 125 thousand of personal income and 225 of revenue, and so when I look at accomplishing those goals for myself, I don't need to be a category or a standalone. Instead, so what you can do is I can I can look and say, okay, I know that if I consistently do more podcasting, that's going to generate more relationships, and that's going to generate more potentials for work uh, with other clients. And that you know is one of the tactics that I've found personally that's helped me quite a bit. And then I still, you know, have the niche in outreach Up on creative. We still do outreach is like a big part of the ultimate offering we do. So it's still somewhat niche down there. But I guess the point that I'm getting at is that like some people will, I don't know, like hammer down on the niche. But it's really that's not as important as just getting the opportunities. Like, yeah, the niching and the positioning is important to get there. But if you can just ensure that you generate the opportunities, like that's the important part, if that's going to get you toward your goals.
1: Do you think you're in a unique position because you have so much experience generating those opportunities?
0: Um, I think it it helps because I study this all the time. So um, literally, even with the upcoming book I'm writing, it's all like every single time I talk with an agency, every time I have any sort of sales call with all my podcasts, I ask every single client, how do you get more business? Or every single agency and consultant, I ask them, how do you get more clients? And so through basically all those questions, I've learned a lot of different tactics and I've learned um, a lot of different ways that people approach it. But I I think like learning all that, having all that experience is one aspect of it. I think the harder part is actually the implementation and just staying focused. And that's, I think, where... Um, A lot of people do struggle and fail is that they just kind of flail around and they're just doing whatever tactics in front of them, Versus, I think what's helped me kind of grow is just being able to stay focused on the specific tactics that I know are working. From
1: my perspective, it seems like a lot of times when you hear the niching down advice, it's often advice given to consultants or agency owners who are frankly they're struggling to grow they're struggling to find those clients and so in my opinion if that's a position you're in narrowing down will make it easier for you because it just makes it very clear what you have to do and who you're speaking to and just simplifies your decisions but the alternative is just double down on learning how to sell regardless of your niche and i think you are in a position where you're able to do that very well but it's through self-study, it's through learning, it's through trial and error. And if others can put in that consistent effort to get there, it's something that they can achieve as well.
0: Yeah, and and I will say that, I guess the, the you know the niching conversation, I think it, it is valid to a point. Like if you look, I am niched, I work with agencies and consultants, which is very broad still. Um, and I've had so many people like, tell me, oh, you need to niche to only working with software development or only digital marketing agencies or conversion rate. And I'm like, I'm not... And that's where like people take it too far. You know, it's like when I eliminated working with e-commerce stores, like that was like, you know, that helped, you know, (laughs) because I I was definitely out of my element there um, when I was doing marketing for them. And so it's like niching down to a point is good because it limits it. But I think some people take that conversation way too far. There was some... Woman who emailed me the other day saying she was only going to do case studies for IT companies, and I was like, "That's that's a little too narrow." Like, <laughs> right, you're, you're niching on you're nif- niching on like two different dimensions there with the case studies and then the market. Yeah, so it's just not taking it too far. I think is the the, the main point I want to uh, like hit home with that, I guess.
1: You mentioned about how you were doing all this research, not even for a specific purpose, but I know this is something that's interesting you, and you are asking all the agencies that you run into how they get their clients. And I know that now you are going to be doing something with that research, and it's, it's a book you're putting out. In parts, you are saying before, you're going to put out the first part in the first half of 2017, and hopefully by the end you'll get the second
0: part out. But can you talk about what this book project is? Yeah, so this, again, all kind of came through all the podcast interviews I've done and every time I've talked to any sort of agency, anytime I have a an initial call with someone, the question I ask every agency or consultant I come across is basically how do you get new clients? Because I think that's one of the biggest questions that everyone has. That's what everyone's trying to figure out. And it was just I just started to come across so many just interesting answers to that question and a lot of trends where I started to see a lot of people that you know had the same we're doing the same thing or saw success in similar ways. And so I basically just started to keep a swipe file over about the past 8 to 9 months of just every time I answered that question, went back through every single podcast interview I had done and started to look at all of the different ways that I was seeing these different agencies and consultancies get new work. And that's kind of what basically became, is what kind of the idea came for the book, which is going to be called Win Your Dream Clients, is to basically take all of those tactics, put them in a book, give the stories to kind of inspire people with all the potential ways that they can go, the different tactics they can use for their business. Um, So that is like the big picture book that I'm going toward. Um, And if anyone's ever read Traction by Gabriel Weinberg, uh, it's a really great book, um, but it's kind of focused for the startup community. And so what I'm really trying to create is a similar book for agencies and consultings where you basically have all of the tactics listed that you can use to grow. Um, and then I'm trying on the front end of that, provide a framework uh, for how to actually choose the tactics that are a right fit, how to stay focused on them, how to eliminate the bad ones, how to replace them with good ones. And over time, figure out what are the right tactics for you to grow your business and to get new clients.
1: As much as we want to say the the tactics aren't the important thing, the tactics aren't what people care about. It's funny because when it comes to putting content out there, people love reading about more and more tactics. And th- that being said, though, there is value there. But it seems like to me where I, a lot of agencies are really going to get the value is from that framework up front because If you just try to pick up a dozen different tactics, even half a dozen tactics, even three tactics without a real way of how to apply them, how to test, how to improve in that, it's very unlikely that they're going to succeed. So I'm curious if you can dive into a little bit what that framework looks like.
0: The book, the end result is this physical piece of paper that sits on your desk. um, And it is actually like a, a tool. It's a one page tool to help you uh, guide the strategy of your business. And so basically the first chunk of it is the objectives. And it's so figuring out, you know, what are the big picture goals that you're trying to achieve? You know, are you wanting to become a top thought leader in the industry? Are you wanting to sell your business someday? Are you wanting to be number one in your certain market? Like what's the big picture long-term for your business? And then kind of list out the annual goals. You know, what are you going to try to accomplish this year? Um, So that's kind of the first part, Is to and everything ties back to these objectives. And so this is one of the big differences uh, between Gabriel um, Weinberg's book, Traction, where startups are all about, you know, grow, grow, grow. Um, I've kind of added this objective section in here because sometimes those objectives are, I want to work 30 hours a week, you know, or I want to be able to take two months off a year. And so that's kind of um, where I'm taking it is like a list out What the objectives are, what you're trying to get to in your business. And then basically from there, you start to brainstorm all of the tactics that are going to help you actually achieve those objectives. So, like, what is everything, you know, what is every, you know, blog post you've read that's inspired you, whatever, every idea, you know, whether you want to do LinkedIn, you want to do physical mailers, blogging, whatever it is, what are all of the tactics? that are going to work you and get you toward those key objectives. And then what we have basically is along the bottom, you have an area for what I call three focus tactics. And so uh, these are basically post-it notes that go onto the sheet, and the whole thing is that you can only work on three tactics at any given point in time. And so typically two of those should be ongoing things. So if you're podcasting, that's an ongoing tactic. If you're blogging, that could be an ongoing tactic. And then one of them is a project. And so maybe your project's writing case studies or it's reworking your homepage or it's writing your ebook or something like that. And the thing is you can only work on three. And if you want to work on something new, you have to remove or pause one of the others and take it off there. And so... I've kind of come to this after doing all this consulting with these different clients and seeing the problem that so many people had, where they would start, you know, they'd start working on their website, their case studies, they'd start all these different things and they would never finish them. And what I've tried to do here is just create a simple framework to keep you focused and then to choose the tactics that are actually going to achieve the objectives that you want for your personal life and your business.
1: The way you lay it out makes perfect sense to me. And it's uh, it's a trap I, I fall into plenty of times where it's I will read different blog posts, books, listen to people, talk to people, whatever, and just have so many different ideas. And you want to do everything. You get started on something, and then you run into the next idea, and you get started on that because you're really excited by it. And then you're trying to juggle so many different things that it's really hard to make progress. So I like how you said it's limited to those three core tactics and project and and all of that. But then if you want to add something new, you have to swap something else out because it's just uh, dividing your attention like that is just not a recipe for success.
0: Yeah. And so, and so here's the thing, like uh, to give you an example, like in like real world practice, um, Yesterday, I had a conversation with a guy that was telling me about how he got involved with the American Marketing Association. He got a board member position at his local chapter, and he's been involved with that for like five years. And he's like, man, it's about like, like 40% of my business comes from that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I should totally get involved with an association like, in the next, like, next year whenever I get back to the States. And then I was like, okay, that's a cool idea, but I don't need to research that. I don't need to start thinking about that. I just wrote it down as another potential tactic on the, like the tactics section of my sheet. And then whenever I'm done with my current ones that I'm focusing on on the current project, I can look at that. And when I do decide to put like you know go in and start getting involved or do something there, that might mean pausing the podcast or pausing the blog or something like that for a while. Um, but it's just kind of using that as almost a place to store your ideas, but you don't. You don't have to act on them. And that's the thing. I think most people, because they don't store them anywhere, they feel like they have to act on them or they're gonna lose them. And so it gives you a place to kind of keep all those backlogged and then use them as you have time and as you finish the other ones that are the more important priorities.
1: Right. It's it's not actually true that if you don't use it, you'll lose it.
0: Yeah. If you you might forget <laughs> it, but this will prevent right. you from forgetting it. So <laughs> Right. And so but I'm curious, what are your three
1: focuses right now at Outbound Creative?
0: Yeah. So the three that I have right now, um, I have two ongoing and then uh, the one project tactic. So my ongoing uh, tactics, the first main one is podcast interviewing. And this is another thing that I came, uh, throughout the book, I talk about basically analyzing your, all of your past sales to figure out where they actually came from. And what I found is that 60% of my business was coming in some way as a result of my podcasts. And it was almost. I actually just put out a blog post on this today called uh, "Grow Your Agency Through Podcast Networking," and it was almost all as a result of the networking that was happening through podcasting. Um, so
1: not even not even directly from the audience, really, is from all the relationships you build in building up the podcast.
0: Yeah, there was definitely some that came through the audience, but mm-hmm. and so that was like the other thing. It's like this this channel was pulling in new business in two different ways, where the audience was coming as potential clients. And then I was also getting referred or even guests of the podcast would end up hiring me. So um, that is you know that's one thing that I analyzed through my past wins has been one of the most effective tactics. And the interesting thing is that whenever I actually um, did this analysis, um, I had had my podcast paused for about four months at the time. So <laughs> it's one of those things where like I was focused on all these other tactics, and I had, as a result, put aside the one tactic that was working the best for me. And out of that, also, I kind of include as that one also strategic partnerships, because that's, I think, what a lot of the podcasts turn into is some sort of strategic relationship or partnership as well. Um, and then the other ongoing tactic is I've been ramping up uh, my blog at jakejorgevin.com again um, and getting my newsletter, which I also let dormant go dormant for a while. So that's been another ongoing tactic and then the last one is right now my big project is actually writing this book. And so uh, I've got a ton of other things I want to dive into, but I'm basically focused on getting this book written. And the um, the crazy thing is because I'm not distracted by all these others, i have getting this book written very, very quickly. So it's like I'm not jumping around all these different projects or juggling things. So I'll be done with that soon, and then I can actually start to go on and to work on some other Different tactics that I've been wanting to have on the back burner as well.
1: Yeah, because I remember you first mentioned starting this book a couple months ago almost, I feel like.
0: Yeah, it was, it sat on the back burner for a while, was, you know, just waiting until uh, I felt I had um, enough learnings from it and had enough conversations with people. And um, it was around early December that I just did a weekend retreat to go just crunch down and get started on it and just wrote all weekend and uh, as a result of that basically um, kind of jump-started everything and I should have it done here uh, very shortly.
1: Nice, and, and so I know this almost goes against everything you just said about being distracted by things you're not currently work on, but that's okay. It's, it's my podcast, so I'm still going to ask. Once you do finish the book, how is this going to fit into your ongoing tactics and your other outbound efforts?
0: Yeah, so um, the book is going to, for me, the, the other so the other thing, I guess, to kind of explain this book even more in the frame to the context, is that my objectives, my goals, like big picture, is that I want to be a top thought leader in the industry for agencies and consultants. Um, and so uh, if you're familiar with Blair Ends, uh, I've dis- I've distinguished myself as I want to be Blair status, uh, <laughs> is how I kind of refer to it, because I think he is one of the top leaders in this space. He's been doing this for so long, um, and he has such an incredible uh, insights and knowledge to say. And so that's kind of the, the level that I want to get to. And so you know, this book is a first piece of really cornerstone content that I can have and use for years and years to come and to build on top of. Um, and so that's why I've basically been putting all the time and energy into this initially. Um, it's because it's actually going to get me toward these objectives that I want to go, and it's going to position me in a better spot and move me toward you know becoming a thought leader and also becoming more of a consultant with clients and not just, um, always doing the outreach or anything like that. So it's kind of a positioning play as well.
1: Do you see this as something that once it's published, once it's out there, because you said you're going to publish it in in parts. And so, and eventually the goal is to get it up on Amazon, get it a physical book that people can read through. I want to get a little into the nitty gritty. Like, is this something you're going to mail to people as part of some of these campaigns?
0: Is that, is that in the cards? Uh, it definitely is. Um, Literally, so I'm I'm speaking at a conference uh, in May, uh, the How Design Conference. I'll be speaking to like 500 people there. And so I'm literally planning, I'll only have the first section of the book done at that point, but I'm planning on printing, doing like booklets of that first half of it and literally giving it to everyone there. Literally the idea you were talking about with even just getting everyone whose story is told in the book on board, you know, I'll probably mail physical copies to everyone who is... In the books, you know, you know, with uh, earmarked for their specific sections that are in it and everything. And even with new potential clients use that for outreach as well.
1: For the, for the people who are in the book, you could even send them a couple extra so that they can give it out and say, hey, I'm in a book, so they can give it out to other people.
0: Oh, this is good, Andy. I should be paying you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but,
0: but it's funny. So I was talking
1: with, with Gene Hammett, who helps agency owners grow through speaking. And one of the big things he's working on is also publishing a book because at a certain level of conference that you're getting into, it's almost expected that you have a book. And so while you obviously want the book to be high quality, it's just like the fact that you have a book will help open doors up if you really are looking to cultivate that authority.
0: No, that's very true. And, and I've known that for a long time. And so this book has been a back burner project for me for almost about a year and a half. The thing that I that I vowed not to do was to write a book that was just for the sake of writing a book. I was like, I really, I've literally held off on this for a year and a half until I felt to the point where I said... I have something profound to say that the world needs to hear that I think is going to help people. And I don't know of another resource I can point people to that accomplishes this. But yeah, that's, it, it is true that a book goes a long way in terms of helping you as a thought leader and get yourself out there for speaking engagements, all sorts of things like that.
1: I'm going to stop Jake right there for a quick word from our sponsor, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The Agency Advantage podcast is brought to you by Hubstaff. Hubstaff makes time tracking software for remote teams so you can stop tracking time with spreadsheets and start getting the insights into how your team is spending their time that only screenshots and in-depth reports can give you. You probably know that by now, but what you may not know is that we recently launched a platform called Hubstaff Talent that makes it easier for you to find and hire high-quality freelancers around the world. Whether you just need extra hands for a specific project or you're looking for something long-term, Hubstaff Talent is what you need. Best of all, it's 100% free. We don't take a cut and we don't act as a middleman. Our goal is for you to use Hubstaff for time tracking, but you're not required to do so. If you're looking to grow your team with remote freelancers and don't want to pay big fees to Upwork, head over to talent.hubstaff.com today and create a free profile for your agency and start posting your jobs. That's talent.hubstaff.com. All right, let's get back to Jake. I'm curious. When I'm looking at the the page for the book, and just looking at some of the description of it. It says you've interviewed over 300 agency owners and consultants. How, those all aren't through the podcast, are they?
0: No, they're definitely not. And that's where I would say, um, you know, with those interviews, I count every discovery call I have with, you know, potential clients or clients I sign as those as well. Through my own marketing, I probably get four to five leads a week. So every week, I'm having conversations with different agencies, and there's some that they're not a right fit to hire me, but I still learn a tremendous amount um, from these calls. Uh, to give you an example, I spoke with a UX design agency um, about six months ago, and they ended up not hiring me, but on the calls, you know, just learning about what works for them, how they've gotten their past clients... Uh, they said, well, we didn't really know what to do. So we just went out and we started applying to jobs as like the two founders of the company. And we, whenever we actually got to the interview stage or whenever we, they started actually asking us, we just told them we're not available for full-time hire, but we'd happily help you on contract. And out of that, they started to win some like really big retainers, like five, $7,000 a month retainers, which were for a small boutique UX agency was really good. And so I learned this from just kind of a discovery call. And then I ended up taking that same tactic, implementing it for one of the UX agencies I work with. And, you know, we saw success, got them, an initially like about a $5,000 a month project um, that's been ongoing as a result of that exact same tactic that I learned from that call. So, um, you know, a lot of them are on my podcast working without pants, but a lot of them I just have offline or one-on-one with people as well.
1: You said a lot of the agencies that are in consultants that are reaching out to you aren't a good fit. Who is a good fit for working with you?
0: I'm actually expanding the tiers of that right now. For people that are wanting to work with me in a one-on-one consulting manner, um, basically, you know the the base price for actually starting to work with me in an ongoing retainer, where I'm actually doing any sort of hands-on implementation, is typically around three grand a month with a actual commission so it's you know it's it's not something that you know very small agencies can typically afford, so typically it's a lot of either established agencies or companies that are very profitable. I even have some solo consultants who are just you know earning a lot of money and need my help for like all the assistance on the marketing and the the sales sides of things um, but I am introducing into it also a tier of Uh, actual coaching offerings where I'm actually doing more, just kind of helping people decide the tactics, helping them to to, uh, figure out the strategy, you know, just basically giving them access to everything I've learned um, in an ongoing way, but where I'm just not hands-on doing the work for them, but I'm actually kind of just helping them, you know, figure out what the right steps are, answer their questions, help them with, you know, outreach, their messaging, whatever it is that they need help with. That's where I'm kind of starting to enter in that offering as well.
1: And so the book sort of fits in at the, the bottom of the product ladder as a way to go really wide and help as many different agencies, consultants at, at whatever point in their business, help them win more dream clients. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah. The, again, one of the things I just love about writing content, one of the things that's inspired me since I was a young kid is just that I love creating media that creates a positive impact on other people's lives. And so the book, if it leads to work in business, that's awesome. But I, if people take it, they learn from it, and it helps them in their business and in their journey, then that's like a huge win for me as well and excites me. So,
1: Where can listeners go to, to follow the progress of this book, to, be, to hear when it's going to be out there?
0: Yeah, so if you go to winyourdreamclients.com, if you sign up now, For email updates, you'll actually get a free digital copy of the book whenever it comes out. And then uh, you can also follow my blogging, podcasting, uh, everything at jake-jorgovin.com, which is where I put out all of my ongoing content. I have the Working Without Pants podcast, and that's my main hub for everything else
1: awesome and before we say goodbye i do want to ask a few rapid fire questions because while you ask everyone where they get their clients there's a few questions that i just personally enjoy asking people so the first one is just what do you currently spend too much time doing
0: probably just piddling about uh (laughs) between tasks and um yeah there's some points where I just find myself like looking at that task that I really don't want to do, and uh I just kind of distract myself with something not to do it and uh, I literally decided this morning I'm doing a month of cold showers again to uh, get myself mentally in the space of powering through that and uh not you know deterring myself from things that I'm not super excited to do
1: It's funny because I did the cold showers a couple of years ago and it seems crazy, and honestly, I'm not sure if it's if it's placebo, whatever it is. But it's just the idea that if you can force yourself to do something that is no fun at all, then like you can do that with other things that come up in the day. You can keep building up your willpower so you can get those tasks done. So I'm curious to see how it goes for you this time around. On the other side of the coin, though, what do you not spend enough time doing?
0: I would say one of the big things that uh, I've now been starting to try to figure out how to get this more into an actual flow, uh, but for me, just studying mindfulness and um, just studying, I guess, practicing, being more present, meditation, things along those lines. Uh, it's something that I've done sporadically, uh, but I've never been able to turn into a full habit. And so I'm now trying to introduce that into my morning routine and figure out a way to make that a regular part of my life because I found that that inc- increases not just productivity and everything, but also just general happiness and satisfaction with everything. So that's the one thing that I'm probably needing a little bit to put a little bit more time and energy into.
1: And then the last one is just what will the next year look like for you?
0: Yeah, so this next year, the goals that I have I mentioned earlier is uh, to grow up to 125000 of personal income and 225 at uh, least of revenue. And uh, so for me, what that'll look like is probably having about five clients at around an average of uh, $3,250 a month. And then within that, I also want to pull in kind of this, another tier of these coaching clients that I'm working with um, to begin to help them out as well. And hopefully the points with this also by the end of the year to have the full book complete and published and out there as well. So um, just really kind of building myself up as a thought leader, getting a lot more stable, and just keeping the business a lot more simple. Like you said, last year I got it scaled up super crazy and big and it got out of control. And so this year the goal is to stay focused, keep it simple, um, and just, you know, accomplish what those goals that I've set out for
1: awesome and so jake i want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast today you shared a ton with us i know we could keep talking for a while longer but we do need to wrap up but honestly we covered a lot in there we're going to get it all linked up in the show notes for people if you want to check out the book just head to winyourdreamclients.com and to see what jake is up to you can go to jake-jorgevin.com thanks again for coming on the show jake it was a lot of fun
0: thanks for having me on andy
1: When you're running a growing agency, it's easy to get caught up in headcount without taking a second to step back and ask yourself why. Some people truly do enjoy building and managing large teams and wouldn't be fulfilled without that. Others just want to take a shot at building something really big and make as much money as they can along the way. If that's what you want to do, then more power to you. But just make sure you take the time to figure out exactly what it is that you want to do so you can be deliberate about how you build your business. For Jake, that means scaling back his team and moving upmarket so he can still earn a good living but is able to do so on his terms. He wants to travel and doesn't want to have to be responsible for a full team of people or be on call at all hours of the day, and this new structure for Outbound Creative lets him do that. On top of it all, I love the system that Jake laid out for how to grow your business efficiently. It's so easy to get caught up in tactic hell and not actually make any real progress. And while I'm not helping by putting new things out to try every single week, I completely agree with Jake's point about limiting yourself to three tactics at a time. Two of those are ongoing tactics and the other is a larger project. If you take the time to identify your main leverage points and have the discipline to relentlessly execute on those three things, you are going to get ahead. That's all I have for you this week. If you enjoyed the show and learned something, head over to iTunes and leave a review. Tell me what it was that you learned. I love hearing from listeners and positive reviews do help our audience grow. So if you take a second to do that, I would really appreciate it. And don't forget, if your agency is looking to hire remote contractors and maybe even looking for a few extra projects and are tired of paying huge fees to Upwork, head over to talent.hubstaff.com and create a profile. It's 100% free. I'll talk to you next week. See ya.